I have to be strong for three minutes. I am dancing for you for three minutes. Because it is super intimate. I mean, you get to meet people you don't know and even touch them sometimes. And the only way it works is if I open up myself to you. That is Laurence Fournier Campo, and this is Tiny Conversations. I'm Brian Colley. I first met Laurence in Trinity Bellwoods Park in Toronto as part of the project Ecoute Pourvoir. She was standing perfectly still, dressed in a red top and black pants. After I introduced myself, she asked me if she could perform a dance for me. When I agreed, she took the headphones in her hands, placed them over my ears, looked me in the eyes, and began to dance one of the most beautiful dances I've ever seen. It was intimate and personal, and most importantly, it transported me to a place of discomfort, the kind necessary for true transformation. Around me in the park, other people were also having dances performed for them, both by professionals and amateurs trained by Laurence and her partner. After, she agreed to meet with me and talk about Ecoute Pervoir. Here's that conversation. So one of the first things that I was interested in is where you came up with the idea of Ecoute Pervoir. It's actually not my idea. It's the idea of Emmanuel Joutte, which is a choreographer from Montreal, the artistic director of the company. And he came up with this idea because he was always interested in the relation between the spectator and a dancer. And uh, he was invited to create a piece in an apartment, a seven-room apartment. So each choreographer had a room, and he decided to create one piece uh, in this room uh, with a dancer with an iPod and earphones, and earphones for the spectator as well. But then he realized the power of this idea, and he decided to create a real piece out of it. So each dancer has an iPod with music on, their own music, and they were performing uh, separately, but all in the same space. So yeah, he saw there a way to get to people. We get to meet those people in parks, in public spaces, and... They don't even know they're watching a dance show. It's after we tell we tell them like that was a dance contemporary project, and they're like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> That's I think that was one of my favorite things was how how intimate and personal the performance was. From your perspective, as a as as a dancer, as the person delivering this performance, what's it like for you? It's super intimate. It is super intense. I remember the first time I performed uh, this show, I was so stressed out. I've never felt like that before because, I mean, I'm used to perform on stage. I can perform in front of hundreds of people. But that is super intense. And now I still get stressed and I've performed this piece for many, many times because it is super intimate. I mean, you get to meet people you don't know and to watch and look them in the eye for three minutes even touch them sometimes and you're the only one responsible for that I mean I cannot hide I cannot like I have to be strong for three minutes I am dancing for you for three minutes so I'm just putting myself there I'm opening up to you and the only way it works is if I open up myself to you. And we do simple things that 
it's in your eyes that it makes sense, you know. But from the outside, it's like, wow, she's just moving front and back and front and back. It's like nothing. And we know that for the spectator, it's super intense. It demands a lot of courage to just say, okay, I'm going to try it. One of the things that kind of blew me away was the amount of eye contact. It's very rare that for three minutes, you're making a lot of eye contact with a stranger. Where did that idea come from? I find, and most of the time we find that it's it's one of the way to reach to the other. That and then uh, touching the person. Then we have to do it really carefully because we don't want to get really too much into it and too much into the bubble of the other person. And we don't want the, the, the spectator to feel uh, disrespected. This project at first for the spectator is so intense because... I don't know how to say it. It's just, it's a way to connect. And now we don't connect as much with people around us. We we have to find a way to create this contact together. Because if you want that link during the dance, um, this sharing together, we have to find a way to do it. But some spectator won't let us. They will try to look somewhere else, they feel uncomfortable, and that's okay. I mean, that's totally okay. But that's our job to, during that three minute, find a way to make them come back to you and feel them comfortable. There's always that moment where you feel that the spectator just lets go. It can be after 10 seconds, but it can also be after three minutes. But it it it, it always happen. There's just this moment, like you you see the release in the body. You see the, the the moment. It's it's super small, but you really feel that the person is like, okay, now it's okay. I feel I feel safe. It's funny because I remember I remember thinking all of those things. <laughs> I totally just thinking, okay, what do I wait? What do I do with my hands? I mean, I really liked that. Um, that you you took my hand and got me to hold the cable. I even had moments where I go, wait, am I, am I looking, am I looking you or whoever else was dancing? Like, am I looking you too much in the eye? And I, and I, and I was like, but I don't want to look away. This is great. Like, you know, but then I thought, oh, am I, I going to make them uncomfortable? And I mean, those are all things I experienced. What are some of the most memorable um, or revealing moments for you in, in your experience of doing this? Well, there's many moments. Um, the, the, the moment where we presented this piece for a year in the retirement, retirement home, uh, this is a life changer. I mean, just the first month when we went there, we were super sad. We were so sad. I mean, this place is just, it's loneliness. It's just loneliness. So for us, just to get to know the place and know this feeling and just I don't know it's like the idea of was to go to them and try to let them out of this loneliness and of course we were there for two hours in two weeks it's not a lot but at least it was that even though they didn't remember us that much because they had Alzheimer but they knew they knew and then they got to familiarize with the project and everything. So in the end, they would dance with us and we would go exactly where they wanted us 
to go. Some of them, they weren't able to move at all. Some of them, they wanted to move. So it's just, okay, I'm just going to play my song on repeat. I'm going to perform. And then we're going to see where it brings us, you know? So that was really, really powerful. And we got to talk with the, the, the staff there. And in the end, they told us, they were like, they're different. They're different. The, the, everyone is different when you come. And the, the rest of the day after is totally different. They're happy. They're... So we really felt we made a difference in some way. I remember one in particular that was so sweet. And she, she would watch me dance. So I would perform for her. And of course, I wouldn't perform like I would perform in a park or she, they, they were sitting down and uh, we had to move. They were sitting in circle. It was totally different than what we do usually. But So our dance is super small. And then I would take her hands because that's a way of connecting to uh, touching. And I would perform my choreography that was about three minutes. And I just put the song on repeat and then... We, uh, I took her hands and then she started moving a little bit. So I realized, okay, so she, she wants to move. So I just started to move with her to bring her somewhere. But so for another song, I, it was me leading. But then I realized that she was trying to bring me somewhere. So slightly, I started to let her uh, lead the whole thing and then she led me somewhere and we just improv together and we were standing together and she was moving and it was beautiful it was it was really really beautiful but dance was the way we got to do that you know so it was beautiful a beautiful experience how has doing this changed you to be honest at first i was dancing and when people were coming to me to receive the dance, I'd be like, oh, no, this guy, of course, he won't like it. He won't. That doesn't look like someone who would like this kind of experience, you know. But I did it anyway because it's my job. But then that guy got super into it and super uh, touched and moved. And, and then you realize that you have to stop. You have to stop to decide for them to have to stop to yeah judge people and also you have to let go for me I'm, I'm really I'm a perfectionist I want everything to be perfect and you're never gonna achieve uh, perfection it's it's not gonna happen it's gonna be different every time because you have to adjust you have to adjust to the person who is in front of you and we're always improving so every time you do the solo okay what is it that I can do differently oh when I do that when I put my hand there, it works better. Okay, I'm going to try that next time. And then you improve all the time. So it changes all the time. So it got me to say, okay, just let go. You won't achieve something perfect and that will stay like that all the time. So everything is changing, everything is moving and you have to let go of perfection. If you want to learn more about Ecoute Bourgeois and where they are performing next, head to emmanueljuth.com or find the link on our website, tinyconversations.com. While you're there, you can click on the contact link and let me know what you think of this show 
or leave a review in iTunes and let me know that way. Our theme music is by Broke for Free, and I tweet at Brian Colley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>